Hey everyone, welcome to this special supplement to the Coot Street Podcast. This weekend just gone, Gary Wolfe and I spent a while talking to Ellen Clages about her wonderful new short novel, Passing Strange. The book is due out from Tor.com in, on January the 24th and comes highly recommended. I did spend some time editing it. It's a book I solicited, so you may take my recommendation with a punch, pinch of salt, but I do think it's pretty special. This excerpt takes place about a third of the way into the story, but I'll leave it to Ellen to introduce it. Mostly, though, what I'll do is just say thank you to Ellen, and I hope you enjoy what is a, pr- a new thing for us, a bit of fiction. This is a sample from Passing Strange. This is from about the middle of the book, right after Haskell and Emily have gotten together. The light was golden before they got out of bed again, laughing when Emily's stomach grumbled loud enough to startle them both out of a languid drowse. They dressed, Haskell in clean slacks and shirt, Emily in Spike's outfit. I'll need food and some other clothes, in that order. Emily said, watching Haskell strain the fish heads and pour the gelatinous result into an enameled pan. Where's your flat? Three blocks up from Mona's. There's a deli along the way. We'll have a picnic supper. Haskell wrapped the remains of the fish in yesterday's chronicle and washed her hands. This will make us friends with their tom. They got thick sandwiches of salami and smoked ham and salty cheese on crusty bread with some sweet peppers and onions. A jug of homemade wine was only 35 cents, so they splurged. Haskell carried the bag of food. Emily swung the bottle by its neck as they walked up Montgomery, a street of cafes and low-brick offices that rose steeply when it crossed Broadway. Now bow-windowed buildings and weathered-framed houses clung to the precarious sides of Telegraph Hill like goats. From an open window came the sound of someone expertly practicing a trumpet. This is me, Emily said when they reached Green Street. Gray one. The front porch sagged. By the doorbell were four gummed labels. They sliced it into apartments in the twenties, Emily said. No charm, but it's cheap, five bucks a week, and it came furnished. Horrible greens or florals? Uh, The sofa is both, she gestured to a window. My room must have been a pantry. Lots of shelves, not enough room to swing a cat. Look. Haskell turned toward the wall of a building across the street. The beige stucco was dappled with shadows and lit with butter-colored western light. I love this time of day. Feels like anything is possible. Emily nodded. It reminds me of the illustrations in a book I had as a girl, The Arabian Nights. Maxfield Parish. Yes, everything seemed magic. Magic light is the best kind for a picnic, don't you think? Haskell started up the hill. Come on, we'll sit on the Greenwich steps. Come back for your worldly goods. They're not much. I left school rather abruptly. Why? My friend and I were caught one morning. The alarm hadn't gone off. They booted you for missing a class? No, for being in Jilly's bed. She shifted the wine to her other arm. I had enough money for a train ticket, so I came here. It's where all the black sheep end up. New York was closer, but proximity to my family was, well, less than desirable. Besides, I'd had my fill of snow. Me too. Haskell linked her arm through Emily's. Now the sidewalk was so steep that shallow steps were cut into the concrete. 
To their left, houses climbed in vertical tiers on winding streets and tiny lanes only half a block long. On the right, sheer rocky cliffs spilled down to the waterfront two hundred feet below. Greenwich Street, a paved thoroughfare for most of its length, became rickety-looking wooden steps that zigzagged down the sandstone face, passing under some stilt-raised houses. It flanked tiny nineteenth-century cottages, wound through gardens and grottoes and stretches of brush-dotted bare stone that looked more like a canyon from the Wild West than a modern cosmopolitan city. Partway down was a landing, the boards laid horizontally across a large granite outcropping. This is perfect, Haskell said. She swung herself down to the weathered planks and dangled her legs over the precipice. Emily sat next to her, settling the jug of wine with a muffled thump. Jeepers! You haven't been up here before. Haskell pulled the cork out with her teeth and took a swig. Didn't even know it existed. San Francisco is full of secrets. She unwrapped one of the sandwiches and handed it across. I'll say... Emily felt as if she'd ventured much farther than a ten-minute walk. Below them were the flat-roofed meat-packing plants and warehouses that lined the waterfront, the wharves sticking into the bay like splayed fingers. The smell of salt water and mud, diesel fuel and roasting coffee, wafted up to their perch high above the world. Whistles and bells sounded from the busy port, shutting down for the evening. Off to the left, out of sight, a foghorn echoed. The hill behind them blocked the sun. What had been a golden summer evening was transforming, moment by moment, into a world of shadows, a thousand shades of gray, punctuated by the white globes of street lights, a few piercing streaks of neon. The lights of the city winked on around them, reflecting out onto the water, a flat, dark void with the man-made paradise of Treasure Island in its center. San Francisco was a beautiful city, but it was a city— brick and stone, grays and browns, vertical lines, right angles, and uniform patterns of windows repeated building by building, block by block, rectangular and regular. Directly in front of them, two miles out, they watched as another city, made of lath and plaster, changed into its evening clothes. By day, the fair was a transient chimera of palaces and minarets, curving courts and colonnaded temples, now, bursting through the dusk, searchlights fanned out toward the stars like the hand of God, and ten thousand colored floodlights turned the stucco castles into glowing, glittering jewels. Emily gasped. Does that happen every night? Every time I've come to watch, Haskell passed the bottle. You've seen the fair, right? Well, not like this. I feel like I'm Dorothy, and that must be Oz. She stared, her mouth open. Only it's not just the Emerald City, it's it's Sapphire and Ruby and... Haskell laughed and put an arm around Emily, pulling her close. Let's go there, you and I. Let's take a journey to the Magic City, have drinks beside a sparkling fountain. Tonight? No, you have to sing and I have a painting to finish. Next, she thought for a moment. Next Wednesday, we'll take my cover downtown to Railway Express... Catch the ferry. Make a day of it. Emily looked out at the island, a block of color afloat in a featureless sea. I'd like that. Wednesday's a slow night. So it's a date. Haskell leaned over and kissed her, their lips tingling from wine and from peppers. Funny, isn't it? Emily said a few minutes later. 
What? Well, we've done this wrong way round. A first date after we... Well, <laughs> you know. She felt suddenly shy, not wanting to name their day, to make it vulgar, coy, and coded. At a loss for words. That was unsettling. Words were her refuge. I've told you, I never cared much for rules. Well, I'm glad. So am I. Haskell kissed her again on the cheek this time. She stood and stretched. If you want to rescue anything from your flat before work, we should get moving. Emily got to her feet and leaned on the railing, gazing out at the fairyland across the water, then turned to link her arm in Haskell's. They retraced their steps through the patches of yellow lamplight from the houses that lined the moon-shadowed stairs. The thank you to Ellen Clages for that wonderful reading. Uh, Passing Strange will be out on January the 24th. It's from Tor.com and available from good online and physical re book retailers uh, on that day. It's highly recommended, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you again. Bye.